Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this Xbox podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's Xbox gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. I have made a few changes in how I prepare each show, so I hope it flows and sounds better going forward. So with that, on to the show. Let's start by talking game releases. The two big games released last week were Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled and Bloodstained Virtual of the Night. This week, you can play The Sinking City, Car Mechanic Simulator, Samurai Showdown, Monster Jam Steel Titans, F1 2019, We the Revolution, Outbreak Last Hope, Wartech Fighters, Furwind, and Irony Curtain from Matrashaka with Love. In terms of new Game Pass releases, June 20th saw the release of Resident Evil Revelations and Rare Replay, and on June 27th you can now play Torment Tides of Numenera and Goat Simulator. And at the end of June, there are six games leaving Game Pass for console. That is Next Up Hero, Dead Island Definitive Edition, Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition, Shadow Complex Remastered, Ultimate Marvel vs. Copcom 3, and Zombie Army Trilogy. Now, onto last week's biggest news, and we have seven stories to cover. Number one, it appears Microsoft is only working on one next-gen console now. In an interview with Business Insider, Phil Spencer answered a question about him referring to the next generation of Xbox as multiple consoles during E3 2018, saying, quote, Last year we said consoles, and we've shipped the console, and we've detailed another console now. I think that's Portal, referring to the Xbox One S All-Digital Edition. I believe this was Phil using almost a cover tactic, as it had been heavily rumored that Microsoft was working on a more powerful next-gen box, which we now believe to be Project Scarlet, and a slightly less powerful, possibly streaming cheaper next-gen console in codename Lockhart. I do believe this is the best strategy now to only focus on one SKU as it's going to be more clear for marketing their next box. They don't want to get it mixed in the messaging when they're going at Sony to have the best console and the highest selling console next generation. Number two, Phil Spencer states Xbox focuses on software and services, not console sales. In an interview with Kotaku at E3 2019, Phil said the following, quote, The business is selling software and services. The business is not how many consoles you sell. The consoles are not where the profit in this side of the business is made, which is where the whole who's selling more consoles at any one time as the kind of root good of who is doing well in the business is just not true. You have other companies entering gaming who don't even have a console as part of their equation. It's about how many games our people are playing and how much people are spending playing those games and how often they play. Even though Phil has said this, Microsoft wants Xbox to be the best-selling console on the market. During the Xbox 360 days when they were on top, they would consistently release Xbox console sales figures. We have not gotten those in the Xbox One generation as they are so far behind Sony. Given all that, I think it was good for Phil to state this as it reinforces their commitment to their great brands and services in Xbox Live and Game Pass. Number 3. Fortnite would have been cancelled by Gears 5 developer and the Coalition studio head Rod Ferguson. For those who don't remember, Gears of War was developed by Epic Games, with Cliff Bozinski helming the franchise. On January 27, 2014, Microsoft acquired all rights to the franchise from Epic Games. Rod Ferguson, who was a production lead at Epic Games, came with the deal to lead the studio now known as The Coalition. Speaking of Gameformer, Rod said, quote, If I had stayed at Epic, I would have cancelled Fortnite. Before I left, I had tried to cancel Fortnite. When it was Save the World, that was a project that had some challenges. And as a director of production at the time, that game would not have passed my bar for something we should continue to keep going. 
That game you love, that worldwide sensation, would not exist had I stayed at Epic, Ferguson closed with a laugh. Although Battle Royale did not come to the game until later in mid-2017, it is crazy to think if some deals did not occur and Rod had stayed at Epic Games, Fortnite may have not even been a thing. Number 4. EA CEO Andrew Wilson has admitted that Anthem's promises of multiplayer features and story are not working very well. Talking to GameDaily.biz, Wilson said of the two player demographics Anthem attempted to bring together, one was traditional Bioware story driven content, and the other was this action adventure type content. About the 30 or 40 hour mark, they really had to come together and start working in on the Elder game, or their end game. At that point, everyone kind of went, oh hang a minute, now the calculation is off. Quote, the promise was we can play together and that's not working very well, he admitted, explaining how players were craving that famous Bioware story while also wanting a new Destiny-type shared world looter shooter to play with. Given all that, which was strange to hear from a CEO of a major company, Wilson has stated that EA has not given up on it yet and said the following, I feel like the team is really going to get there with something special and something great, because they've demonstrated that they can. If we believe that at the very core the world wasn't compelling people, if we believe at the very core that the characters weren't compelling for people, or the javelin suits weren't compelling, or traversing the world and participating in the world wasn't compelling, then provided we hadn't made promises to our players, we might not invest further, he explained. As I've said on the show before, I liked Anthem's gameplay and story, but once I finished that, I felt no need to continue grinding in their endgame. I appreciate the candor in these quotes, but I still think it highlights the complete miscalculation with this game by EA and Bioware, and fans recognize that. Number 5. You can't play Marvel's Avengers campaign multiplayer. Joshua yelled at IGN and summed up a few questions we all had following the confusing reveal of this game after speaking with the developers. Crystal Dynamics lead combat designer Vincent Napoli and lead creative director Sean Escaje explained that as you progress through the campaign, extra side missions will open up, and that's where you're presented with multiplayer options, and you can choose to be whichever Avenger you want. If you want to do all the missions as Thor and level them up, you can do that and then go back to the main story. Note that you could play the whole campaign and all the missions single player if you wanted to, and you could do that all offline. But to play the missions multiplayer, you need to be online. Personally, I'm beginning to get very worried about this game and how it's going to be received. I believe in Crystal Dynamics after their Tomb Raider reboot games, but I'm starting to get Anthem vibes with this game and I so badly hope I am wrong and that this turns out great. Number 6. Doom Eternal won't have a more traditional multiplayer. Those may not forget, but Doom 2016 did have a very standard multiplayer suite that was not well received. Thus, they revealed their new 2v1 battle mode at Bethesda's E3 press conference. IGN's Lucy O'Brien has captured a number of great quotes from the executive producer Marty Stratton. Quote, no traditional multiplayer mode. Battle mode is our primary multiplayer mode. The cool thing about it is it's ripped straight from Doom. It's the combat players want and love. You're familiar with the gameplay, playing as a slayer. When you look back to Doom 2016, we kind of did something more traditional. Skill versus skill, Twitch versus Twitch. It didn't have any of the components of Doom that people loved from the campaign. It didn't have the slayer or demons in a meaningful way. It just kind of fell flat, so we really flipped the script on it and decided we need to develop this internally. We need to pull it from what Doom is all about. Demon versus slayer. In 2016, we discovered we need to lead and not follow, continues creative director Hugo Martin. In the single player, we led and we owned it. We made a Doom game we didn't necessarily care about the trends or anything. In the multiplayer, we took a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it became obvious to fans and obvious to us that's not what we wanted to do. We developed Doom Eternal's multiplayer mode internally, and we really focused on making the best multiplayer possible. It feels like Doom, but with our friends. Doom 2016 was a huge hit and one that I unfortunately never beat. I did appreciate how fluid the combat was and gameplay, but it didn't hook me like I know so many people were. 
And lastly, number seven, Gears 5 won't have Gears packs or a season pass. The Coalition has confirmed that all DLC maps in the game will be free for everyone, and the players can earn additional content through a system they've named Tour of Duty. This system will present daily challenges, and as they progress, we'll be able to earn additional customization items. There will be microtransactions through a currency called Iron, but the Coalition has confirmed there will not be any loot boxes or random items, as all of their items can be purchased directly. As always, before we end the show, we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. Today's fun fact is a little more of a history lesson on the original Xbox. The first Xbox console gaming system was introduced to the public in November 2001 and sold for a listed price of $299. It took Microsoft just three weeks to sell its first 1 million units. The Xbox was replaced in November 2005 by the Xbox 360. The biggest selling game for the Xbox was Halo Combat Evolved, which was the fastest video game to sell 1 million units at the time of its release. Microsoft benefited from high software sales for the Xbox as more games were purchased with Xbox consoles than with any of its peer consoles. And credit to Tom Gresham at itstillworks.com for the fun fact history lesson this week. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast surface, share it with your friends, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I've continued to play through the Halo series. I just finished Halo 2, and I've almost beat Halo 3. Now that I'm paying more attention to the story in these games, I am very much in on the franchise. I had always played these games and been a part of their multiplayer with my friends, but I never cared about the story as much. They've got me and I can't wait to continue playing through the entire series. I cannot wait for Halo Infinite on my brand new Project Scarlet next year. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. I hope you all have a great week and keep on gaming.